Hello, welcome to Enlightened Empaths with Samantha and Denise, a community for the spiritually awakened. We are so grateful that you have joined us once again this week. We are doing our monthly Q&A show where we share questions and stories that you all have sent in to us. And we've got some really lovely stories to share of affirmation and connection and signs from our loved ones and some really fascinating questions. Denise, would you like to start and share the first story? I would. Thank you. Uh, It says, hi, Samantha and Denise. Samantha, I know you love angel stories, and I felt inspired to share my own. I have to preface this. I was never really raised to be comfortable with religious figures and was totally the the goth kid at my Catholic high school. For me to suddenly embrace angels was very out of character. After college, I was living back at home and struggling emotionally. I was working a low-paying job unrelated to my degree, taking night classes and living with my sister as she spiraled into her heroin addiction, diagnosed with... Lyme disease and felt completely left behind by all of my friends. That's a lot. This stress manifested as depression and insecurity. I was constantly comparing myself to everyone, especially my boyfriend's ex-girlfriend. I tried healing my depression by seeing a therapist and reading different self-help books, but it was difficult. After nearly a year of this, I went to sleep one night and had the most vivid and incredible dream. I was in the main hall of the college I attended and saw a bake sale that was raising funds for a recent disaster. I went to the table and commented on how beautiful and intricately decorated the baked goods were. The man selling the items told me that my boyfriend's ex-girlfriend was the one who created them. I instantly went into insecurity mode. I should be more kind of volunteer. I should be more artistic. I should be more involved in school clubs. The man locked eyes with me and suddenly my entire dream shifted. I can't just begin to describe the depth of understanding and compassion I felt coming from him. It was overwhelming. I instantly knew I was dreaming, that everything around me was a dream, and that this man was something else in my dream. It was surreal. He looked at me and simply said, it must be so exhausting. And then I woke up. This dream was such an incredible gift. The next day, I was so aware of my negative thought patterns. I understood his message and began to invest my energy into positive thoughts and actions instead of negative ones that depleted or exhausted me. And I started to honor what I was feeling. Shortly after, my depression went away. This awareness eventually opened the floodgates of my intuition too, and soon after, I discovered your podcast. For years after this dream, I could not retell the story without crying. It's a difficult feeling to describe. It wasn't really joy or love that made me cry, but the overwhelming depth and limitlessness of compassion. I felt so filled with it that it had to spill out somewhere. I felt so connected with and grateful for angels ever since and can often feel them around. And she goes on to say that thank you and um, to help on her journey and loves the podcast. And um, thank you, Erin, for sharing that. That's an incredible, incredible story and an incredible gift for all of our listeners as well. I agree. And I love that in the dream, there's uh, powerful symbols in there, in my opinion. The symbol of college, which is, you know, I feel her angel or guide's way of saying, you know, you're learning, you're learning, you're growing. This is a learning process. The symbol of the bake sale, which is about nurturing yourself with Mm -hmm. baked goodies. And then the message, how it must be so exhausting to be in that negative mindset of comparing yourself. And I think what's so impactful about this dream and how she words it so lovely is it's not so much the dream, but the emotion and the connection she got from her angel just by locking eyes with him. 
that helped her get out of this difficult stage of her life she was in. And what's also empowering about this story is nothing happened to her. She, she is the one who took action every step of the way. She reached out to a therapist. She read self-help books. She asked for a connection and had this dream. And then she took action on the message of the dream and stopped the negative thought patterns. So it's a lovely reminder, I feel, for all of us, when we ask our guides and angels for help, we will get it. But then we have to act on that message that they have given to us. Well, that was beautifully put. Thank you for, you, you really nailed that one. That was beautiful. Well, thank you. Okay, this next one is a really interesting question that we get uh, actually a lot. Hi, ladies. I know in the spiritual work, it's common for people to want to get in touch with friends and family that have gone to the other side. But I have a question of whether or not people can contact celebrities that have passed either during our lifetime or before it. There are celebrities that have passed that I greatly admire and hope that somewhere they're able to feel admiration and love. But I don't think there's any way to confirm that. Even with a reading, can't we only be contacted or contact with people we personally knew? I do believe that that is true. I can only speak from my experience. But Denise, wouldn't you agree when doing a mediumship reading? Okay, so mediumship is, is, think about the word medium. When you're doing a reading as a medium, you are the medium between the client and the loved one on the other side. and. So we have to have that link. So I would have to have a celebrity's friend or family member with me doing the reading in order to link and be the medium for the celebrity to come through. I think if someone claims they are getting messages from a celebrity, that would be called channeling, right? Yes. Yes. And I I personally have never linked with a celebrity. Sometimes in a reading, I'll get a flash of someone as but that's more of the psychic piece than the mediumship. It's, you know, Mm -hmm. I might get a flash of uh, Neil Young and the person is a singer songwriter. And I would say, and they would say, Oh, that's one of my favorite people, but that's not me linking with Neil Young, obviously because not past, but anyway. (laughs) Um, Right. It's more a symbol for the, for the client. But the mediumship piece, I do. Yes, I agree with the way you put that as well, that there has to be some kind of a linking connection, even if it's twice removed. It might be that, you know, it's so-and-so's cousin's brother, but it's still, there would be a way to get, to follow the path to get to that person. Right. You know, we get a lot of questions uh, where people will ask us, well, you know, the Bible says you're not supposed to practice necromancy where you call out to the dead. And I think it's important to remember mediums don't call out to the dead. We oh are goodness, simply a link. You know, I, I can't, if, if you sit there and you call in Elvis Presley, you're doing a seance. And that's mm-hmm. something incredibly different from sitting across from Priscilla Presley and trying to connect with her ex-husband. Yes. You see the difference? And I think it's important for people to remember that. Right. So Denise and I are not necromancers. <laughs> no. Um, Plus, and that would scare I, the shit out of me, so I don't want to be a necromancer. Yeah, me too. <laughs> No. Um, I have two quick stories I want to share about connecting with celebrities. I've done uh, a couple of readings with, uh, I, don't, I guess, you, well, well-known people that were really interesting. But I was doing just a normal traditional reading for a woman who lives here locally. And I kept seeing Dale Earnhardt. And 
I didn't know what to make of that because I don't know anything about NASCAR and racing. And so I have learned through the years, instead of me trying to overthink it and interpret a symbol being given to me, I just now will tell the client what I'm seeing. And so I said to her, I don't know why, but I keep seeing Dale Earnhardt. And she said, oh, that was my husband's best friend. And I was like, holy cow. And he came through with some lovely messages. So that was my first time connecting with a celebrity. And then years later, I was reading a book about connecting with your guides. And the book said that you can connect with your guides, but you can also ask well-known people that you admire to ask to act as a guide in your life. And I thought, you know, who, who have passed on. And I thought that was a really interesting idea. I personally admire Frank McCourt, the writer. Mm-hmm. I love his work. I love his story. And so when I was working on a writing project, I asked Frank McCourt to act as my writing guide. And I didn't feel anything. I didn't hear an Irish accent. So I just thought, okay, well, that was fun to try. The very next day, I was doing a reading for a woman in Canada. And her uncle was coming through, and she she had such beautiful energy. You know how some people have such lovely energy, they're just easy to read and a pleasure to just connect with? So it was a yes. really nice, free-flowing reading. And I kept seeing Frank McCord. And I'm thinking, hmm. So I said, was your uncle a writer? And she said, yes, he was. And I said, oh, okay, because I, I just saw Frank McCord. Maybe that's a new symbol for me. And she said, oh, no, that was my uncle's very dear friend. Wow. And I was like, oh, my gosh. So that was really neat for me. Well, that's incredible. Very, very <laughs> Speaking fun. of cool stories, um, can you share your next story that I think listeners will really enjoy? Yes. And this isn't a question. This is just a validation thing. I, you know, was really like I did this wonderful reading with, let me rephrase it. I did a reading with a wonderful person in the Pacific Northwest. Her name is LeBang. And she uh, she shared this story with me after our reading. And she said, I want to also share with you something you may find humorous because I firmly believe my guide has a sense of humor. I was praying to God and asking my guide that I'm hoping you'll give me validation I needed when I speak with you. Well, Wednesday night, I posted a picture on my Facebook page about flowers my husband had given me. And for whatever reason, it indicated it was in Farmington. I was perplexed because my phone is very accurate on locations and I've never been near Farmington. I thought nothing of it, of it and attributed it to a technical glitch. Before I talked to you, I told my guide again that whatever messages he really wanted me to have, he needed to convey to me, wanted to know that he was there with me and I'm not crazy for believing he's guiding me. Anyway, when your call came through, I saw that the location was Farmington, Maine. What are the odds? That alone gave me the validation I needed to believe what you're about to tell me. And she sent me a picture of her Facebook page with Farmington circled. She had no idea where I was. She didn't know I was in Farmington, Maine. We had never spoken on the phone. She didn't have my number. Um, so I just thought that was incredibly, incredibly cool. Just that when, really is. When we ask, they'll, they'll step up to the plate and they'll say, okay, here you go. Um, so that was kind of a very fun fun story. And, and I always appreciate when people validate for me, when they say, or if something came through with a reading that they couldn't connect at the time, or later on, sometimes months later, someone will say, oh my goodness, this came, that, that helps us as, um, I think it helps us as mediums and as intuitives, don't you? 
I totally do. And it's, it's nice confirmation for us, not in an ego-based way, but in an educational way. Sometimes I'll get an image or a symbol and the, and the client won't recognize it. And I'll think, gosh, I got to work on that symbol. I don't know what that means. And then they'll email me how it connected with them. And then it, it helps me create my symbolic language with my guides. Because that might be another nuance of it. Mm-hmm. it. And I think that confidence piece, not in an ego-based way, but the more that there are certain symbols I get, and I've shared this as far as, you know, Spirit gave me this years ago, when I see a beaver dam and how much water is coming over it is creativity. And 99 times out of 100, the person I'm talking to, there's a creative connection. So they've showed me that, but then over the years, they've added like a plexiglass. If someone's not accessing their their um, their creativity, the water will be barely flowing or there'll be a block between them getting to the creativity. So it, that's the beauty of this kind of work or getting more in touch with our own inner knowing is it always, always continues to grow and evolve. But does this happen to you? When I was starting out, I would read and watch the well-known mediums and try to learn from them. Mm-hmm. And I remember, you know, John Edward would say, if he sees, I think it's white roses, that means a birthday is coming up. And so I said to my guides, okay, I want to use that. If, if my client, you know, has a birthday coming up or the loved one on the other, on the other side has a birthday coming up, show me white roses. No, never happened. I see a birthday cake. See, I get a cake so, for, for any kind of a celebration. It's not specifically, you know, I'll, I'll often say, is there a birthday, yeah. an anniversary, yeah. a passing, an event, but they'll always present a cake to me. Maybe it's just because I, I love cake. It, I don't know. Well, I think it's interesting. It's like you can't, at least in my experience, you can't tell your guides what the symbolic language is. It's, it's, it's almost like it has to come from them. And that's, that you, you really made a perfect point of a couple minutes ago of building your own, building your own vocabulary and connection. And I was so proud of myself. This is, I was reading a book by a well-known psychic uh, a couple few months ago. And I got to the part where they were saying, these are my symbols and this is what they mean and learn these. And I thought, no, those aren't my symbols. I'm not using those. And I was so mm-hmm. happy that I didn't have to, it's similar to when you're learning to do the tarot and you keep checking with the book to make sure you have the meaning. And then all of a sudden one day you wake up and you're just, you have enough of a meaning, but you're more coming from a more intuitive place. And you say, oh, this is what the card means, but this is what I'm getting. So it becomes more of a tool right. and a conduit rather than, okay, the three of cups means this. So I think it's similar with building your own working vocabulary. I do too. I do too. Very well said. Okay. Our next question says, I'm wondering if you agree that when a crystal beaded bracelet that you wear breaks suddenly, and I never got it wet and I've only had it for a year, if that means you've learned the lesson that crystal had for you or have broken through a spiritual block. In my experience, if a crystal at all breaks, never mind a crystal beaded bracelet, it usually does mean that it it can mean a couple of things. And I think, again, you have to look at your intuition. Sometimes it can mean that you didn't uh, energetically cleanse that crystal enough and it just took on so much energy for you that it just kind of broke. You know, I mean, all of us have that breaking point, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So do crystals. And so for... um, for me, most of the time, if a crystal breaks, it's 
it's that I, I kind of forgot to clean it enough and, and give it time to rest and recharge. I was saying on uh, my psychic teacher's podcast that I have a crystal necklace I wear every day and I clean it all the time. I, you know, I'll soak it in salt water overnight. And I had a really, really busy month last month. And even after I'd put it on in the morning, after it had soaked in in salt water all night, it still looked and felt smudgy. Like it was still Mm -hmm. filled with stuff. And so I went back to basics and I started reading some of my old crystal books. Um, And in there, most of them were saying, if you wear a crystal all the time, you need to clean, you need to let it cleanse about once a month for like five days. Oh. And I thought, oh my goodness, I don't do that. So now that crystal necklace is being cleansed right now for for this whole week. And I miss it. So I think that's important to consider. I think, like I always carry stones or crystals in my pockets. And when I first started doing that, and I had, you know, you always have your go to, oh, I'm going to put this in my pocket. It becomes almost like wearing a watch or a ring. You, you just don't feel right if you don't have it on your, your person. And I would lose them and freak out. And, oh, my goodness. And then I realized I was done with it and somebody else needed it. So if I, it dropped out of my pocket or it disappeared. And then what I love is when they show back up again. It's like, okay, you need me again. Yeah. And you didn't really lose it. It, you know, it. it fell behind a bookshelf or it, you know, it was in your pants pocket that you haven't worn and had put on the shelf or you know, just whatever it might be. You know, went through the washing machine. I, I don't know what to say about that. But I just feel like when, we're, when we don't need that energy, sometimes it will, they, I don't mean to personify the crystals, but they'll... Um, They'll get it. Sorry about that. Well, I like the way, no, no, I like the way she said too, um, could it mean that you've broken through a spiritual block? Yes. And I definitely feel that that's a big potential too. Very much so. Because we do get, well, are they working on your house again? What? Are they working on your house again? Yes. I'm going to cut this part out. That? Okay. All right. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I'm going to go stand in my closet for a second. Oh, I'm sorry. I was recording. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. I'm sorry, Denise, that you're oh, no, to no, cut I just, that out. Okay. No, that's no worries. All right. So um, I'll just start with the next All right, one, so okay? So let's just do our, yeah, just do a one, two, three, so you'll know how to easily cut it. One, two, three. The next question is a really important one as well, and, and I've thought about this one quite a bit. I've been going through what I think may be a spiritual awakening. I've always been intuitive and empathic, but it has reached extreme heights in the last six months or so and is getting more intense by the day. My partner and I purchased a new house in August of last year. I immediately felt a presence in the house, but in a very specific place in the basement, under the stands, stairs, excuse me, and in the workshop, namely. This present and energy has been growing stronger and stronger to the point that I've recently seen a glowing, disembodied face in that area. This same night, a close friend of mine was over and claimed to see an old man's face and became extremely frightened. Since then, I've heard loud noises and creaks coming from the swinging doors that lead to the workshop. Today, I swear I heard an old man groaning. What is really weird is that I originally felt the presence to be that of a young boy. I always felt that there's something around me and have maybe always felt that way, but 
I really don't know how to feel about this or any kind, or what kind of sense I can make of it. I've been very fearful and uneasy and have been having anxiety-ridden dreams. In the same amount of time, I've realized there's one particular Robin that seems to follow me and is always looking directly at me. I take this as a good sign. Honestly, I'm just very overwhelmed and looking for help and assurance. I love your podcast and listen to the episodes over and over. I appreciate what you're both doing. Thank you for some guidance. Love and peace, Leah. Uh, Pete, and I've shared this openly. I live in a very old house and when I moved in and there are folks who have decided just to, they pop in. There's an old man and he's either always in my basement or out in the barn. It's a very distinct energy. I feel it very strongly. And it freaked me out at first because obviously, well, why wouldn't it? There's, if you're that sensitive and you're picking up on energy in your house that you know doesn't belong to, it's not like picking up on your mother or your grandfather or, you know, your cousin. It, it's distinct and you know it doesn't, it's more with the house or the property than with you. Um, have you ever had that happen? Yes, I have. And I'm always confused about how to deal with it. Well, okay, let me just explain what that thought means, and then I'll try to answer the question more specifically. There's an energy in in the cul-de-sac that I live on of a little girl. Mm -hmm. I've seen her. uh, Two of my daughters have seen her. uh, Several neighbors have seen her in their homes as well. I feel like she kind of flips around. She's very kind. I have tried to cross her over. I have had several really amazing mediums over to the house. There's a woman in town who specifically works on crossing people over and has done amazing job jobs with that. She can't, no one can get her to cross over mm-hmm. and she seems very happy. And so, and it doesn't have any negative impact. So we just kind of deal with it. Um, it's a little spooky, you know, like <clears throat> one morning I woke up, I walked into my daughter's uh, bedroom to wake her up and I heard good morning. she's never mean or but it's just it's a little spooky it's a little unsettling but with her question in particular Denise I flash back to all my studies and research and tv viewing I've done on paranormal shows I would recommend for her to check out rescue mediums I learned so much watching that show they're lovely ladies in Canada and they do great work crossing over um stuck or restless energies here the fact that she felt a little boy but she is seeing this man mm-hmm. i have read so many cases where a negative cruel possessive entity will often keep the younger spirits or other spirits with him or her hmm. you see that quite often and so i wonder if our listener is tuning into the energy of a little boy and she's so empathic and gentle. I wonder if part of the reason why she was attracted to that house was to possibly help out a little bit. I don't know, but but there's a couple of things she can do. So let me get on track and get specific. I would recommend that she flood her home with white light at least once a day. And -hmm. all she has to do is sit in the middle of the house. So sit in your living room or your kitchen, the heart of the home. And I wouldn't do this sitting in that creepy work area. <laughs> I would do this sitting in the center of the house where you feel comfortable and close your eyes. I would, I would recommend that she sit in a circle surrounded by crystals just for protection and extra energy. And I would also recommend that she light a candle so that she can have that, that light with her. 
and then close your eyes and imagine your house filling with white light. Have you ever seen men or women spray insulation into a home? Yes. You know, and it just shoots out. You can just picture that, but picture white light coming out instead. And picture your entire house being filled with like toothpaste thick white light going into every crevice, every window, every door, every closet, every floorboard, the attic, the basement, flood it with white light. Ask angels to surround the four corners of your home at all times and call on those spirits, guides and angels and loved ones on the other side to surround them and comfort them and nurture them and kind of talk them into moving on to the other side. She can also grid her home in in salt, but I wouldn't recommend doing that until that entity leaves because if you put a salt perimeter now, it could lock that ghost in. Mm -hmm. So I'd recommend trying to get the ghost to cross over and then grid it with salt. Go ahead, Denise. I was just going to say that the difference between feeling uncomfortable with a spirit in your home and one that usually this, this older man that this old man that shows up when I first encountered him in the basement, because this is an old house from the 1800s, the basement's kind of "Mm," anyway, but, and it scared the hell out of me. And I was like, Oh, and I was very forceful and said, you need to get the hell out of here because that also from what I've understood is if you tell people to leave, they have to step back. They, 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 they have to leave. But, then as I realized, whenever I was doing work on the house or renovations on the house, it was like he would pop in and see what was going on. So I, I don't, I, the, there was no malice, there was no discontent. But for, for Leah, yeah. this feels like it's caused some fear, some anxiety, some, and that's a totally different. So I agree with what you're saying about filling your house with light, cleansing, protection, and helping them cross. That's fascinating, fascinating work. It's, uh, I hope I get the word right. Um, Oh, darn it to Pete. I think it's um, pomp. There's a word for it that I'll look up, but it's in the shamanic practices about helping people cross over and it's ceremony and it's ritual. And it's, it's very, to me, it's very sacred work. So when you mention the lady in town who specifically does that type of work, it takes a, a, a very unique, um, and I, I have learned to do that, but I don't do it. It's not my forte. So I think when someone aligns with that work, it's very, very sacred. I agree. I think it's one of the most important work you can do is to help a soul like that. So I I would recommend, though, that she do the white light. I had um, like a little scary incident happen maybe six months after Denise and I met. And I had been praying every night for four angels to be at the four corners of my house. And you know, Denise and I, we met at the John Holland, Janet Nehoevac training seminar thing. Um, and we talked on the phone a couple of times, but it was really just work stuff. You know, like I call her up and be like, I read this great book. You've got to check it out. Or she called me up and say, hey, I'm thinking about going to this conference. What do you think? But at that point, Denise, wouldn't you agree before I had that reading with you? We, we didn't talk about your kids or my kids no. or, you no. know, personal stuff. So I called up Denise for a reading. And the first thing she said was, um, you're so protected right now. I keep seeing four angels at the corners of your house. I just got really, I I don't even remember saying that. That's good. I don't remember. Okay. I know. I know. No, (laughs) because I swear you just, you just get in that zone and you go. Um, Anyway, so it was such lovely confirmation for me that when you ask for that angelic protection, it really, they really do show up. Yes. And you can be like me. This is how I pray all the time. 
hi, God, I know you're really busy in Syria and everything and North Korea. (laughs) (laughs) However, if you have four angels to spare, that's how I pray. But I still feel like, you know, because don't don't you ever feel bad bothering your angels? Is that just me? I think it's just you. <laughs> no, I have had, I have asked a difference, and I think we talked about this on another show, so I won't go into to detail, but I have asked angels to escort a dark energy out of my house, and I saw it, I visualized it, I felt it, the energy in my house changed, and I could see that energy across the street, but it couldn't come onto my property. So big, big, powerful stuff. If you're, and, and from what I understand, that's why they're there. They're there to help us, but we have to ask. And and also, mean ghosts are just like mean people. Yes. Their bark is usually worse than their bite, and you've got to stand in your power and remember that this is your house now, and you got to bully back as much as they're going to bully. Do you know what I mean? So just be really strong and say, look, dude, you're not allowed to scare me or my friends. Or No, go. You're and- gone. And also, I just want to real quick validate that her time frame of the last six months or so of the feeling more intense every day, extreme heights, intuitive, empathic, that has been such a common theme for so many people. It's almost like the lights have come back up in the audience and we're all feeling this so, so intensely. So again... Yeah, I like that image. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> okay. I'm going to read our next question. Uh, Hi, Samantha and Denise. I have a question that hopefully you can share your thoughts on. When I was in middle school, my friends and I were clueless and naive. Well, who wasn't in middle school, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And we decided to make a Ouija board. Looking back now after knowing what I know, I'm so horrified that we messed with that thing. Fortunately, my grandmother came through. I'm 99.9% sure it was her because she validated many things. At the time, she had been gone around five years. I remember asking her if she was in heaven. She said, hold on, we've got that noise again. Mm-hmm. Sorry, having oh, worked no on at my house. <laughs> Not conducive for recording. Okay, do you want me to start over? Nope, just start at she said no. Okay. Start at she said what? Well, actually, if you want to say at the time, she'd been gone around five years, and then we'll I'll just cut. All right. All right, I'm so sorry. Oh, no worries. Okay, one, two, three. At the time, she had been gone around five years. I remember asking her if she was in heaven. She said, no. And I asked why. She said, I don't know. I was very troubled by that and worried for her. I didn't understand why because she was not a bad person, and it made me question for a while if there was a heaven. I have dealt with my beliefs since then and definitely believe in heaven. I'm wondering what you guys think about her situation and where she is. I remember Samantha talking on Psychic Teachers about how there may be levels when we pass over. Maybe she's at a low level. Maybe she has a job and is not sure what it is. Or maybe I wasn't even talking to her. Any insights or thoughts are appreciated, Paige. That's a lot. That's a lot. And I want to say, I have worked with the Ouija board when I was a stupid, naive middle schooler, too. Have you had experiences with the Ouija board? Once, but I'm 
no offense to anyone, I'm not a fan. And when I took mediumship training at a spiritualist camp here in Maine years ago, that was one of the lessons. It was a group of people and you could go to this. It's a really cool place in, on the coast in Maine. And one of the lessons was this man actually um, buys and sells antique uh, Ouija boards, the whole thing. And when I got there one evening, because it was sequential weeks of classes, and he said, oh, tonight we're going to do Ouija boards. And myself and one other person in the class said, I can't do it. Everyone else was on board with it. I just, personally, it doesn't resonate with me. It makes me uncomfortable. Me too. Me too. I played with the Ouija board in middle school and in high school with friends. And I remember one time someone came through and said all this stuff about me that was true. And a couple of things that actually did happen. But it also said, um, your mom is going to die in a horrible car crash before you turn 18. Oh, which well, that's terrible. was not true. And what I have found with the Ouija board, if you don't, I and mean, look, she was in middle school, I was in high school. Mm. You know, we don't know what we're doing right. with anything, never mind the Ouija board then. There are people who use the Ouija board to great success and have written books about it. And so I don't want to be totally prejudiced. It's not my thing either, but I do think if you do certain prayers of protection first and you set your boundaries and you say like only my guides or my loved ones can come through, I suppose it Mm -hmm. could work. But if you just sit down and ask, think about, we we just passed, well, not just a couple of weeks ago, we just passed April Fool's Day. Mm -hmm. And my oldest daughter said, mom, let's do something fun for April Fool's. What do you want to do? And I'm sure she thought I was the biggest flipping killjoy, but I said, honey, I hate April Fool's. Mm-hmm. And she said, why? And I said, it's nothing but making fun of people and then laughing at them. Right. And I think that really, I do think that most stuck spirits are nothing more than fools who love just making fun of people. And so couldn't you picture a guide, be, I'm sorry, guide, oh, an entity going, oh my God, look at these middle school guys. Let's mess with them. Let's have some fun. Because, you know, it's, <laughs> got to be boring being a ghost for eternity i mean you know you got to be bored because you're just sitting there hanging around watching humans actually live and they probably just did this for kicks and fun there's a a incredibly kind young man that i've i've done readings with Uh, he's my son's age very very intuitive young man and he got really involved with angel boards that that was a couple several years ago someone and it's supposedly to connect with angelic presence to you know and in a sense it's the same connection but you just made a very very good point of who are you trying to connect with and and setting those parameters because I think personally if we ask our guides to step in if we ask for you know if we surround ourselves with that protection we have a buffer zone. So whether it's a Ouija board or a angel board or automatic writing or anything, be really clear about keeping that connection to divine and not um, trying to attract in dark stuff. Because I think some people actually like to attract in the dark stuff, sadly. Sure. I agree. I don't like to attract in the dark stuff, obviously, but I do enjoy studying it for reasons just like this. Because in all the extensive research I've done on ghosts, I have learned that they can read our minds Mm -hmm. because they are energy and we have this, you know, six inch to six foot expanse of energy around us in our auric body. They can read our minds uh, telepathically. So 
So when they are trying to infiltrate through a Ouija board, they can pick up on your thoughts at that moment of, oh, I hope my grandmother comes through. I hope she mentions A, B, and C as validations. And so they can mimic and mask being anyone that you want them to be. And the way you can usually tell is the emotion and the feeling. Her grandmother, even if there was a chance in an infinity that her grandmother wasn't (laughs) in heaven, which I don't feel is true at all, Mm -hmm. her grandmother wouldn't have told her that because her grandmother loves her and cares for her. So in, in the fact that she wrote this question all these years later means it stayed with her, which is terrible for that nasty thing to do, whatever came through the Ouija board, to do that to her. I would recommend that this woman not pray to her grandmother because we don't pray to our love, but, you know, talk to her love, her grandmother in meditation and say, I just really need to know that you are in heaven and that you are safe and that that was just some stupid, mean-spirited spirit coming through that Ouija board. So please show me and then pick a sign. You know, show me a blue robin this week. Show me um, red roses, whatever it might be. Or come to me in a dream and just let me know that you're okay so that she can just disconnect the cord from this yucky memory. She doesn't deserve that and her grandmother doesn't deserve that. Okay, and just, just one last quick thing is the robin being a good sign. And I, yes, robins are very, very much a good sign. And that's about new beginnings and spring and new hope. And if I can find it really quickly, it was so funny. I was doing a reading and a robin card came up at the end. Uh, with a friend of mine who does readings. Well, actually, Robin came up in it. In I, I don't know the exact book this is coming out of, so I'm going to plagiarize just for a quick second. It's time to let go of anything in your life that's outmoded and stagnant and plant the seeds for the new by setting your goals and intentions for the coming year. Let go of your attachment to drama and allow as much joy and laughter into your life as you possibly can, which that feels like more of a message from a grandmother than I'm stuck. Mm-hmm. I agree. All right. Do you want to read the next question? I do. And I think it is, I, we missed one. So I'm going to go back to, where did it go? The music one. Did we lose the music oh, one? I like that question about, can we feel connections through music? Yes. Um, hello, Samantha and Denise. I absolutely love your show. Listen to every episode. Thank you. I've known for a couple of years I'm an empath and am just starting to really dive into it. My question is, can we feel emotions through music? I always listen to the words and sometimes they just strike a chord with me. And it's like I can feel what the artist is feeling when they wrote or recorded that song. Maybe the lyrics hit something in me and that is what's causing me to become emotional. Katie, 100% yes. I have no, absolutely no doubt, countless readings that I've done. Uh, those who have passed will say that they're playing with the radio. They'll come through with lyrics. Certain songs will come on. After we uh, scattered my father's ashes, we were driving home, and my my sister turned on the radio, and the song that came on was a song that my father used to sing to my mother. You can't make that shit up. Um, So, yeah, and also as far as uh, having, you know, very musical children, and I love, love, love music, but watching how that's, to me, someone who is so connected to their music, it's a connection to divine, and they're able to process emotion, to work through feelings, to, and I, I just, I love this question, because um, I think 
music is also about levity. It brings our, our vibration up. It's what we choose to listen to. It, it can be such a healing, healing tool. Music is a time machine. Oh, very much so. Good answer. Yeah, good answer, Samantha. <laughs> <laughs> Every every shaman, every healer, every medicine person throughout millennia have used music to get us into an altered state in order to lift our vibrations, shift into different dimensions and energies, and to connect. Nothing connects humanity like music. Music defines generations. It defines memories, and it connects us to each other and to our memories. And so I definitely feel that we can connect with the emotion of the singer or the songwriter or the musician when we're listening. And I think that we can use music to heal and to send healing. But I also think it's a powerful time machine. If I hear Crazy For You by Madonna, I am back at St. Leo's Gym dancing with Louis Valenti. (laughs) My eighth grade dance. I mean, aren't there certain songs? Oh, very like, much so. Oh, oh my yes. God, this memory just pops up. So, yes, I, I just think music is very, very powerful. And I think we need to remember how powerful music is and to use it as a tool in our own healing journey. And I use it often when I meditate, I use it when I do Reiki. But I also have playlists on my iPod. Like, I have a playlist called Anger. <laughs> Oh, you know, like if I'm like having like a really shitty day, you know, you better bet I'm going to my anger playlist and I'm going to play all my, you know, hard rock music, my Linkin Park, and I'm just going to rage out. And it's so cathartic. I love it. But I also have a jazz playlist and a classical playlist. So music should be your tool for your moods, especially as an empath. Okay, I also want to add in about uh, the like the crystal bowls. There's a woman here that I've gone, she's amazing. She plays the bowls, and I've brought a couple friends with me to hear these, and each bowl aligns with a different chakra, and I mean, it's so ethereal, and talk about vibrating at a high frequency, It's a but I brought two different people with me to go who really didn't care for it. One woman, went, she said, I wanted to run away. She said, I just stayed because I thought it would be rude to get up and like, charge out of the room and I thought wow that's really interesting because it to me it's so centering and it hits such a core level so that sensitivity piece also the shamanic drumming or or any kind of indigenous tribes that there's always been a music connection so to, to get into the altered state so we still have that option not only with music we may have on and I love that anger playlist by the way that's a good plan um, uh, but also use it as a tool to to get to that altered state to help you know there's a certain um i don't remember the name of the there was one um how do you pronounce it d-e-u-t-e-r it's reiki music i can't remember how to, amazing and i would play that i used to play it in my car when i would be going to do readings for the day and about 15 or 20 minutes before i got where i would going i'd put that in and i'd just totally relax and i'd breathe and i'd get there so calm and peaceful and then i got a car that didn't have a cd player so i hope my next car does so that i can do that again okay definitely well and she was asking too about connecting with the musician and 
I definitely think we connect energetically with the musicians. I mean, if you think about all of the famous musicians, apparently are not dead. Jim Morrison faked his death. Elvis Presley, we all know, is still alive somewhere. Michael Jackson faked his death. I've heard new conspiracy theories about Prince. I believe the reason why people come up with those is because we connect so energetically with these beloved people that we don't want to believe they are gone. Okay, but remember when we interviewed Patrick and he said that he had had a dream about John Lennon? That was very, very powerful. Yes, and he was almost guiding him. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're ready for the I next one? I love that one? idea. Yes, I am. Okay. I have terrible anxiety. It's so bad that sometimes I will envision a scenario where I get hurt or something bad happens. They will be vivid thoughts and very scary. Of course, they never happen. It's just my anxiety. My question is, how do you decipher between anxiety and premonition? Are there differences? Yes, there definitely are. Anxiety is riddled with fear it's nagging, it's consistent, it's almost like if you guys have ever been around a super chatty, annoying three-year-old, that's kind of <laughs> how I look at anxiety. <laughs> you know, they have temper tantrums, they want to talk all the time. A premonition is more of a constant, calm, inner knowing or sense about an event. In my experience with premonitions, You will not get very specific information. You will get a sense of something coming and you'll get a sense that it's great or that it's kind of scary or that it's necessary. You might get a sense of who or what it involves, but anxiety tends to bring very specific, clear images and they tend to be negative and fearful. And premonitions for me are random. They just pop in. They're not something connected with, I mean, I may be doing the dishes or walking the dog and I'll get like a a quick premonition or I'll get a, and I'll think, where did that come from? So it's not something that I've played over and over again in my head, which I think is another defining feature, the fear-based stuff versus the the nudge from spirit. Mm -hmm. Anxiety is such a big issue in our society now, and I really think we cannot downplay the effects of anxiety enough. I have a friend whose child has dealt with anxiety his whole life and nobody really knew what to do with it. And I think because he was a boy, everybody in the family was hesitant to teach him meditation techniques Mm -hmm. because that was kind of too woo woo. And as he got into college, he started to self medicate a little. Yeah. And I think that's really common in our society today we are bombarded with anxiety riddled images on our screens, on television, on the radio, on news. It's all around us. And I think if you suffer from anxiety, there are so many wonderful tools you can utilize to help protect yourself from that anxiety. One of them I truly believe in is talk therapy, really just going to a therapist once a week and talking about your anxieties and having them give you strategies and tools and boundaries to deal with it can be really helpful. Focusing on an affirmation or a prayer. Um, if you're Catholic, you can say the rosaries. If you're not, you can um, get a lovely pair of mala beads and just say an affirmation on each bead. I say the rosaries and I have mala beads because I'm just that kind of girl. And <laughs> I, get, 
I get so much peace from the Hail Mary, but I get just as much peace from Om Mane Padme Hum, that chant. Mm-hmm. That chant really fixes me. You know what I mean? Like if right. I'm feeling anxious or upset and I do a Malavi of, of that chant, I am like cleansed and renewed. There's, um, I think writing therapy is really good for anxiety. I think one of the best I don't want to say fixes because you, you you can never fix anxiety. It's something you have to learn to live with. But I think one of the best tools for working with anxiety is truly learning to love and trust yourself and learning to say, even if that scary thing does happen, I will be okay because I am okay. Right. But it takes and, a long time to get there. And again, to, to, to honor the fact of how debilitating it can truly be for some people is so, so important. Uh, but I think this goes along with what the, the, a couple questions back when the woman said that her, her uh, intuition and every, her empathy, everything's been going off the charts. For anxiety to me is another form of sensitivity. And yes. that correlates with as all of this other stuff is rising there may also be an upsurgence in but you perfectly put as far as developing a skill set that works for you and it's as it's similar as this is my working psychic dictionary this is what the, the spirits give me for signs this is what i need to do to feel centered and calm within myself and wait i think you hit on something really big so can you go back to that you said you think anxiety and being sensitive are deeply connected. Yes. So say more about that. Do you mean like if there's big events going on in the world, sensitive people will unknowingly tap into it and that will increase their anxiety? Yes. And also we're so sensitive to uh, energy and anxiety is going to be just a different frequency of energy anyway. So um, yes. Well, similar. We had talked about this before we started recording, and you mentioned uh, 9-11 and how all of the little kids were drawing pictures of fires and towers and destruction prior to that happening, and how many people had had dreams prior to that happening. Um, so, yes, I do think that there's a correlation. I don't you know, think it's, it's just fear-based. I, I think one of one of my weird, I think we all have so many jobs in life. I think one of my jobs is to help calm people down. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it's rooted in, I, I, my mom wasn't anxious, but she always worried about stuff. And she would always share all of her worries with me. And so I would spend hours in the evening listening to her and, and kind of cheerleading her on and telling her to, you know, trust in God when I was like seven and eight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, wow. One time I was in New York City with my daughter, uh, this is like three years ago, and we were in line at this bagel store, and there was a really, really long line. And the man in front of me was getting more and more angry and was shouting and yelling and literally stomping his feet. He was dressed in a Brooks Brothers suit. He was holding a briefcase, and he was falling apart. Mm-hmm. And I just, um, you know, I'm in New York City. I'm thinking like, holy cow, like anything can happen. And... um. I just, I just touched his elbow and I said, isn't it awful to just have to stand and wait for a goddamn bagel? Mm-hmm. And he looked and he just kind of smiled. And I just said, are you, you know, do you have to go to work? Are you going to be late for a big meeting? And he said, yeah. He said, I've got this huge pre- presentation at Ogilvy and Mather. I said, Ogilvy and Mather? I said, my father just retired from there. 
it turned out he knew my dad. Anyway, it was he ended up we ended up like hugging pretty much at the end of that conversation, and he was so happy. And I did that just the other night at Walmart in this huge line. Why Walmart only has one cashier? I don't know. Remember, Denise, I was texting you at 9.30 yes. and I'm at Walmart. Please, please pray for me. And the family in front of me was so upset and they started yelling at the cashier and I just started talking to their child and kind of calmed them down. And so sometimes I think when you've been around anxiety or you've dealt with it yourself, helping other people get out of that anxious mode can be very therapeutic for you. Like I always feel better when I'm able to help someone else. Yes. So sometimes I think a great way to get out of anxiety is to help someone else going through it. Right. I agree. I don't know if I'm saying that right. But no, no, that came out well. Yes, that, that makes perfect sense. And, okay. and it does tie, that's a, a nice um, segue as well. It goes back to what we've said over and over again, that so many of us are empathic and intuitive and sensitive because of our family of origin and needing to be, whether there was, you know, a lot of turmoil or alcoholism or whatever it might have been in our family of origin. So we've kind of been trained for this. And, and we may have um, picked up somebody else's anxiety. It's not always just ours, I think. But anyway. Yes. And that's, I really, I really like that you picked, that you pointed that out. And I think the enlightened empaths listening to this show need to be aware of that. Our dear, 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 friend I can say now, John Holland, he always says, don't ask what is wrong with me, ask who is wrong with me. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think too, that. if you're feeling really anxious, think about your day and think, was my boss like in a really freaky, weird mood? Did that cashier who was helping me at Starbucks was, you know, was she dealing with some stuff that I picked up on? And so that's why learning those psychic protection techniques are really, really important. I think I probably say this every month, but I can't recommend Ted Andrews' book on psychic protection enough because he walks mm -hmm. you through really great techniques to deal with that. Yes. Well, we have some other questions, but we've run out of time, so we will try to get to them in our May monthly Q&A. If you all have a question or a story or a validation, a lovely experience that you um we're given with your guides or your loved ones on the other side, uh, please consider sharing them with Denise and me so we can share them with all of you. You can message us on Facebook, Enlightened Empaths, or you can send us an email, enlightenedempaths at gmail.com. And we thank you so much for taking the time out of your week to listen to us and to share your experiences with us. Denise and I are honored to have you with us here every week, and we are just really enjoying watching this community of the spiritually awakened grow and connect with us and with each other. We want to, um, should we say our big announcement now? <laughs> I was wondering if you would. I think so. <laughs> okay. So somebody emailed us a couple of weeks ago and asked to be on our show. And I got to tell y'all, I couldn't have been more blown away if like, Barack Obama had emailed us and said, hey, can I be on Enlightened Empaths? <laughs> Do you want to tell them who our guest is next week? Well, I think they might have a hint, considering we need to peel you <laughs> off the ceiling. But no, it was wonderful is that, remember we had Laura on a few few months, well, last month, Laura was, was to come on and her she works with John Holland and we got an email and John asked us if he could be on the show with us. So he's our guest next week. 
It's an amazing, amazing interview and feel so blessed and humbled that we were able to share that space and time with him. Oh my gosh. Yes. It's amazing. I was freaking out, but I don't think we fanned out too much, do you? <laughs> no, I think we did okay. <laughs> but it's a fascinating show. He brings through so many wonderful stories and tips and techniques, and uh, it's incredible. I'm very, very yes, honored that we were able to do that. His, his new book, Bridging Two Realms, which I truly loved. I, I love and I have, I, have, I have a bookshelf in my little library just for John, my Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> And I think my favorite of his up to this point was Psychic Navigator because that's such a specific, lovely, hands-on guide to opening up your psychic abilities. But this Bridging Two Realms, I think it's going to be my new favorite because it's it's got everything you need in it. It's like a go-to reference. It is an amazing reference book. And, and just he covers so many aspects of being intuitive, do you think you're a medium, skills to build that, Are the, is it psychic or is it me? I mean, he covers, there's so, so many, it's a, and it's a, a nice read. It's not difficult yeah. to get through. It's very well written. And I just spent $118 on Amazon because at the end of his book, he's got all these great books to read, and a lot of them I hadn't heard of. And so I went on Amazon and several of them have been out of print. So they're like 20 or $25, mm-hmm. but they're old books on mediumship. And I love to read the old stuff. I think there is so much richness in those stories about how the mediums of the last century opened up. So those are all coming to my house this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> and we won't hear from you again for months. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. So, yes. And anyway. So exciting and so grateful to all of you for, for listening and, and supporting the community for one another. It's amazing. Yes, it really is. So please join us next week for one of the highlights of my life, getting to talk to John Holland. We hope you enjoy the interview as much as we did, and we will be with you next week. In the meantime, don't forget to show up, do great work, and share your beautiful light. Have a great Bye. week, everyone. Bye-bye.